Welcome to The Unseen Journey, a podcast dedicated to supporting veterans and their families as they navigate life after the military. We feature mental health experts, stories of resilience against invisible wounds and injuries, as well as practical tools for reacclimation. The Unseen Journey, brought to you by Operation Red Wings Foundation. And hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Guy, joined with my co-host, Ashley. And as always, this is... The Unseen Journey, brought to you by Operation Red Wings Foundation, or ORW Foundation. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor, reach down there, hit the like and subscribe button, because we need you. Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, so hit like and subscribe. <laughs> Ashley, what are, we, what are we talking about today? Okay, I do someday want to talk about Star Wars, because I'm a new Star Wars fan. Okay, okay. But I do want to ask you, Guy, because, you know, here in podcast recording land, yeah, we just finished Halloween. Yes. And it's such a fun holiday for everyone. But yeah. so much funny stuff happens with kiddos. And I yeah. wanted to see if you, I think you had a funny instance happen. <laughs> well, let's start with this. Guy on Halloween. Yeah, because I mentioned many times Halloween before. Halloween Guy? Halloween Guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kelly and I dress up as peanut butter and jelly, by the way. I'm peanut butter, she's jelly. Two slices, put us together, we make a sandwich. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm just going to say, Halloween guy, because I mentioned before that Kelly and I were dating, we watched a lot of uh, Scooby-Doo. Those are my dogs, by the way. Um, we, watched a lot of, uh, we watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. So, Halloween guy is Shaggy, and my German Shepherd, Ben, who's you know 120-pound dog, is Scooby. And we're always in the corner, like... You know, meanwhile, Kelly and my kids are like the other ones, you know, Thelma, and they're all like, something scary, let's go investigate. And I'm always like, okay. (laughs) So, okay, so here's my my funny Halloween story, uh, because I love the holiday that celebrates the selling of candy. And um, and apparently my German shepherd, Ben, here he comes loves candy as well and i didn't know this until my daughter left her candy bucket on her floor with her bedroom door open and the way i discovered it was i noticed that finn was laying on our floor thank god our floor is like uh like uh it's like plank material things right and um so it's kind of slick right and i look over and i see his paw right he's got his two paws on the floor he's just like looking at his paw right and I see his paw, and I look at it for a second, and I'm like, is that Laffy Taffy? And, you know, because I just see it strung out all through his paw. And I'm OMG. Looking, oh, yeah. And I'm looking for a second, I'm like, <laughs> no, no. What looks like Laffy Taffy and is way worse when stuck in German Shepherd dog fur? Gum. Chewing gum. That's what it was. It was <gasps> chewing gum. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, because at least Laffy Taffy, you could put some water on it for a while, and it will kind of dissolve. This guy right here. And yeah, Dog. and so um, your fur kiddo, my fur baby, and so my fur baby and I got to take a shower together, and I took in my <laughs> my beard trimmer, and uh, it was funny because my beard trimmer, right? Like so, you know, electric, so it vibrates. So when I went to put it against his paw, he was like, "It tickles, Dad! It tickles!" <laughs> so I had to get a pair of scissors. I got a pair of like hair scissors that we use with my son's hair. And I'm sitting there, like, in the shower, like, showers raining down. Like, I've got Finn pinned against the wall. And I'm, like, I'm trying to open up his paws and, like, cut it's away. It's a whole adventure. It's a whole adventure. Because every now and again, his paw will go. And I'm like, 
Because I don't want to, like, cut his toe off, right? No. And I'm like, come on, dude. So anyways, so... You're uh, like, you got us into this. <laughs> yeah. Chewing gum. <laughs> Apparently my dog likes chewing gum, and that doesn't mix well with your fur. What about for you? You got kids. You got dogs. Any any funny Halloween life happening? Well, talk a couple things. So uh, talking about the Halloween candy... Okay. Uh, my son had his bag like hanging on the door of our hall closet. Okay. And of course, like we leave for dinner or something and come back and the bag is no longer on the door of the hall closet. And there's like candy wrappers everywhere. Oh, so yeah. That was a fun couple of days, you know. Oh, yeah. Finding oh, yeah. The, af- the aftermath of that. Yeah. But thankfully, I mean, your biggest worry, of course, because there's like the fear of dogs eating chocolate. Oh, yeah. Their hearts. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're fine. It's been long enough, so they're fine, and everything's back nice. to normal. But the funny thing is, we have the two dogs. We've talked about. I've talked about them, and one of them, Vernon, he's my old, my bigger one, and yeah. he's a garbage disposal, and he's the one I know who took down the bag. And yeah. but then I, Layla tries to act all innocent, like I didn't have any part of that. Well, yeah. her poop told me otherwise. Nice. She, there was a rapper, and I was like, "You got into it." Yeah. <laughs> so there but, you go. But the other funny thing, so we are known as the house that hands out uh, like white claws to adults because okay. okay. we'll have. And this year, we introduced uh, Jello shots. We did, you know, those syringe nah, yeah, shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's always fun because, like, I walk around with the kids, and there's a group of us that walk around with the kids. And okay, Bo, my husband, he stays home, and we like decorate the garage, and nice. So he's in charge of the trick or treaters, and we walk around. But every once in a while, you know, we'd come and get like a refill, yeah, of stuff, and and it's it's always interesting hearing when we say, you know, does any we also have candy for the adults, you know, if you want to drink, or we have Jello shots, and some yeah. most people are like, heck yeah. And yeah. some people are like, no, I'm good. And that's all cool. But it's just so fun to kind of yeah. build that camaraderie with the parents, too. Yeah, we um, we went. So this was our first Halloween since moving. Right. So uh, first trick or treating experience here in sunny Florida. And the neighborhood we went to, uh, my son and my daughter each have a friend that happens to live just like super close to each other. So oh, we nice. this other neighborhood uh, is great. And, um, and, and it was funny cause they're like, you know, like veteran trick or treat families. I don't know what you call it. Like veteran, whatever, Halloweeners. And, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, whatever you call it. And this one lady comes up and goes, Oh, I have, you know, I have uh, adult beverages. Um, she was like, I, and it was like the country time lemonade, like the pre-made one. I'm probably saying oh. the wrong brand or whatever. Oh. It was like the, the pre-made lemonade. You know, and she had like Max like, Hard Lemonade. No, no, no. It was pure lemonade that they had put vodka in. Okay, right? so yeah. it was like their own mix, homemade. Yeah. Okay. And her, okay. her, her, uh, her teaching moment to us was: we used to give out Jello shots. Then we realized they're too sticky, and the kids get confused by them. So now we just, you know, ask the adults if they want a glass, like a disposable little shot glass. Mm-hmm. If they want a shot, they give us, you know, give the adult the shot, right? And uh, apparently, this was like. A lesson learned to the whole neighborhood because the whole neighborhood <laughs> was following the same like technique oh everywhere uh, every house you went had something uh not every house it was okay. like i'm gonna say like every like three to five houses had something right every three to five houses so it was it was it you was need good. to it take was... like a uber to the neighborhood for trick 
trick-or-treating. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, no, we ended up, well, we ended up hanging out and, um, like, watching a movie afterwards. Like it's I mentioned. the best. Yeah. Halloween oh, I, is, is so super fun. Oh, it's great. They're like, hey, let's watch a scary movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's totally do that. You know, and I, like I already mentioned, I'm like Shaggy. Yeah. Ben's like Scooby. What so we're both scary in the corner. movie? How define scary? Mm, yeah. Yeah. This is going to blow you away. We watched the new Disney version of The Haunted Mansion. Perfect. Easy, breezy. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was good. All the kids could sit there and enjoy it, you know, because my daughter's 12, even though I found out this year that she was on like screen six. And apparently thought that we had told her it was a good idea for her to watch them. And she apparently really enjoyed them. Um, poof, she does not get that from me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it, it was good. And I did like the movie. It was, so if you haven't seen it, shout out to that movie. Uh, talking about movies, another movie I watched recently, I watched the Netflix documentary on Sly, Sylvester Stallone. Have you seen that one yet? No. No. No, but I do like Sylvester Stallone. I'm waiting yeah. for the next season of Tulsa King. Ooh, okay. They, I like, haven't... Oh, it's so good, but there's only been one season. Okay. And it's so good, and now I'm like, I need more Tulsa nice. King. Nice, nice. Going back to Star Wars, that's how I feel about Andor. So, uh... Yeah. So... Okay, so see, I haven't gotten into... I, we did The Mandalorian. Okay. And even the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi was, was pretty good. It answered a lot of questions as a new yeah. Star Wars person. Yeah, that's that makes what sense. I, I had to get into my son, actually. He really loves Star Wars. Yeah. He's loved it as, like, a three-year-old. Nice. I think it's because of the how, like, it's really visual and yeah. um, bold. Not really bold colors, but kind of... Steady neutral bold colors. I yeah, guess. It, it, so it totally was easy is. to watch. Um, yeah. but it answered a lot of questions for me of like Anakin and yeah, all the people that you know have the flow. So right. If you don't know Star Wars, you have to watch it in timeline order. That is my advice to people that don't know Star Wars because that's what I didn't get. How it starts in like the middle, and I was like, who are these people? So right. I had to like. I had to understand how everything flowed and who all the people were. I I'm going to throw you for a loop. And then you mentioned your son. So I got a story about my son. So I'm going to throw you for a loop. So here's how I recommend watching them. Um, (laughs) I recommend you start with episode seven because there's a line in episode seven where Ray looks at uh, Han Solo Harrison Ford and is like, you know, is it like, is it true? Is it, did it really happen? Yes. And he looks over and he's like, all the stories are true. It really happened. So you go episode seven, you watch it, which puts you into the modern day, you know, the not the last of the, the last three, the, the last nine. of the Skywalkers. Yes. So you watch seven. Then as a flashback, you pop back and you watch episode four, the original, <laughs> right? And then, and then you go to episode five and he's like, spoiler alert, I'm your father. Uh Right. And then you're like, no, well, how did that happen? And then you bounce back back. and you go one, two, three. Right. And then you come forwards to six and then you finish the series with eight and nine. I feel like that's good though. As a seasoned, that sounds so fun to watch it that way. Now that I know Star Wars. It yeah. sounds so fun to watch it that way. 
But I'm yeah. telling, I real, I was so con- same thing with Harry Potter. I just recently finally watched all the Harry Potters because I didn't nice. get it, but yeah. I had to like watch them all. And now yeah. I have a favorite. I my favorite is the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's a good one. That's, That's a, good a good one. one. So talking about my kid, and you know, uh, we like to mention like these unseen elements in our you know unseen journey podcast. So my son and I, so I I started back uh, working out again this week. Good job. Right. Thank Gearing you. up for the New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I uh I'm not a believer and or fan of New Year's resolution. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, this is something I love to say at the couples retreats. Mm-hmm. Uh I think humans are great at doing this, especially veterans. We'll go from zero to hero and then we'll flop back down mm-hmm. to zero, right? We'll be like, oh and I'm not stop. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so it's like Oh, I'm not working out. Oh, well, what's my new, like, New Year's resolution? Oh, I'm going to go to the gym, like, five days a week for two hours a day, and I'm going to crush it. And you'll get there for, like, you know, Monday and Tuesday, and then you're so sore, <laughs> you're like, you can't move. And then instead of ever going back or dialing it down, you just plummet to zero. And then that's how gyms make their money, right? On the flop. They get your check for the rest of the contract. You never show back up. Their equipment just sits there and they don't care because they collect a paycheck. And I'm I talking about like all insight. your Globo gyms, right? Yes. Um, okay, so, so you started working out this week. I started working out this week. And okay, so in a future episode, I'm going to throw it out there. Instead of us talking about uh, goals or New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. we need to chat about creating habits. And um, there's Routines. a really. Yeah, there's a really cool book called Atomic Habits. If you don't want to read it, there's a good, like, 10-minute YouTube summary of it. If you, you said last podcast, you're on LinkedIn. If you have access to LinkedIn Learning, there's a really cool LinkedIn Learning. And it's and it's and it, I'll talk about it another time. So I started working out this week, right? So I, I go to the gym in my garage, right? I have to travel really far. It's really hard for me to get there. Like, I have to actually, like, get out of bed. Right. And actually like go into the garage and finish your stay at home dad duties. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So I go into the garage on Monday and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work out. And I take a look around and I go, oh, well, you know, the garage isn't organized. So Monday I take the kids to school, come back. I organize the garage. Don't work out. It was perfect. So then Tuesday, I'm like, oh, I'm going to work out. So I go in Tuesday and I'm like, uh, no, I'm not feeling it. So I reach over, I grab a monster. And I'm like, oh, yeah, caffeine, mm-hmm. weight loss, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. So I don't work out. So <laughs> That didn't even work? What no. did you do with all that energy? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't ask that. <laughs> Put that one in the highlight reel. All right, anyways. So, uh, so we go to Wednesday. Two, well, okay, Tuesday night, I'm up, like, hyper late, right? I'm working on schoolwork. I'm up, like, hyper late. I don't know, like, dead cat bounce or something. Like, I spring to life Wednesday morning, and it's, like, I don't know, 5.30 in the morning. And I'm, like, I'm going to work out. It's, I don't know why, like, the panic monster just hit. It's go time, right? And so I look over at Kelly, and she's, you know, sleeping, like, sleeping beauty. She looks just like this. So, (laughs) but so comfy. So comfy. Mm-hmm. So I so I wait because I knew the specified time is six a.m. is five thirty. Kelly has to have her coffee, otherwise it's like waking up a dragon. I, and no, no, I didn't do the right thing. I didn't make her coffee. 
So what I did was I did the best thing I knew how to do as a husband to make sure that, she, that I wouldn't receive like the fire and the wrath. I took the dogs to pee. And when I came back, I did exactly what I'm not supposed to do. I opened the bedroom door and they both pounced her. Right. <gasps> yeah. So 200 dogs, 200 pounds of dogs pouncing her. One's 85. I was about to say 200 dogs. No, sorry. 200 pounds of dog. Probably one's, feels like 200 dogs. Oh yeah. One's 85 and one's like 120. So they pounce her and then she wakes up and she goes, Oh my God, what's happening? I go, oh, you're awake. And she's like, mm, you know, gives me the look. And I'm like, well, you know, we had, we had mentioned we were going to start working out. And she's like, kind of mumbles something about like, what time is it? And I'm like, oh, it's what, 6 a.m. Isn't this when you want to work out? And she's like, uh, like zombie. So she gets out of bed. I give her high props. Thanks for getting out of bed, Kelly. Love you. And uh, so we go work out. So as we're getting done working out, my son hears the music in the garage and my son comes in about 6.50-ish and is like, what are you doing? And I was like, we're working out. I was like, do you want to see what lift we're doing? He's like, yeah. So it's a, we were doing uh, cleans to push presses. Mm -hmm. So I do a clean, I do a push press and I go, that's what we're doing. I go, you want to, you want to lift with me some? He's like, yeah, you I totally want in do. on this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's like, I totally do. I'm like, cool. So we have, we have some 25 pound barbells. You know, my son's nine. He can lift them. It's cool. So he throws it up and he starts slamming through his push presses. And he's like, I want to add some weight. And I was like, I know you do. Nice. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, I'll let you add weight as long as your technique stays great. So he adds weight, <clears throat> does his next set. His technique's like, okay, adds a little bit more weight. His technique's like trash, right? And I guess I didn't realize it. This is that unseen element coming in. I didn't realize it. But I look at him because I don't want him to get injured, right? And I especially don't want him to get injured when, you know, it's one part dad, one part coach, right? right? With me in the garage with him. And I'm like, hey, man, don't, don't, have, like, don't even pick up a bar ever again if you're going to lift like you just did. Like, he didn't stay And you tight. prefaced it. You <clears throat> tried. You gave a little bit of a warning as long as your technique yeah. is tight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't. He was like loosey-goosey. He was letting the barbell control him. I had mm. this thing. And I, I love to ask my kids, like, hey, like, uh, does does the barbell care if you get injured? And the answer is no, right? Because it's a piece of metal. It has no it doesn't feelings. Discriminate. It doesn't think right. So the only person who's going to care if you're lifting correctly or not is is the person lifting, right? Mm -hmm. What I what I didn't realize is in that moment, I see my son like go into like getting ready to ball mode. Like mm -hmm. I see the crocodile tears rolling up into the eyes. I see the lips start to quiver. I see him just really start to like shrink back, right? He felt bad, yeah. Not only did he feel bad, go back, uh, I don't know, go back a, two years ago when my son was first getting into working out and I was still not in the healthiest place. Like I thought I was doing well because I was, I'd moved from individuals therapy to couples therapy. Like I thought I was pretty healthy. Um, I was not. And, uh, you know, two years ago, I would like yell at him. I'll be very honest. I would cuss at him. I would berate him. I would belittle him. And he would just bawl. And I would still make him lift like as he's crying uh, because I, I told him he's never allowed to finish on a bad repetition. And you were and seeing it through your lens. My lens. And, you were and seeing it as a mirror and not a window. I was. Well, and if you want to go deep on me, the issue was I was upset because I felt like I was a failure as a coach 
and I was going to allow my son to get injured because I wasn't good enough to teach my son right. so that my son mm -hmm. could stay healthy and strong, right? So there's a lot of I statements in there that I didn't bring out to the surface till years later. So two years ago, fast forward to Wednesday morning, I see he's getting ready to cry. And I'm like, hey, bro, I, like, it's all good. Like, check this out. And I do one of these silly, like, right? Like, I'm like, strike your strength pose for me. And he's like, uh, and I'm like, come on, dude, show me those guns. And so he like does like a little tilly pose. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, all right, when you lift the bar this time, I want you to look like this. And I pick up the bar and I go to throw it over her head. And I'm like, right. I started like making all these silly faces and like, like telling him like, like, I don't know, man, like turn into the incredible Hulk, like do something, like go somewhere else. I go, I, you know what? I know what you need. He goes, what, what do I need? I go, you need some of my secret ingredient for strength. And I go over and we have a case of water sitting in the garage and I grab a bottle of water and I crack it open. And I go, I need you to stay right here. I'm going to go to the pantry because you're not allowed to use this unless I let you have some. And I don't want you to see what it is. And I go into the pantry and I don't put anything in the bottle of water. I had just opened it. Smart. And I, yeah. And then I close it back up and I run back in the garage. I go quick, drink a couple sips of this. Not too much. I don't want you to like throw the barbell through the roof. Right. I'm like, just a couple of sips and then attack that barbell, bro. Like whole persona, Superman, whatever it is. So he drinks some and like the smile comes to his face and I was like, yeah, it's already kicking in. And he lifts the bar and he has a great lift. And I'm like, high five, dude, high five. And it, it was incredible because, uh, it was such a testament to the individual retreats I've done through ORW Foundation, the, work the clinicians I've worked in. with, whether it was Dr. Barry or whoever it's been throughout my trauma journey. Um, and the, like the grace and love of my son to be willing to walk into that room, even with all like those memories and emotions and everything packed away from two years ago, his excitement and joy to work out with me to those emotions rushing back into his face to me having enough awareness to not get angry and go at him realizing like I'm really having an issue with myself as a coach and like playing this fun game with him where it's like, okay, here's this like secret juice. It's water, whatever. Like let's hit our funny, silly pose. Let's, let's like Hulk out. Let's do all these things. And then the tears like, fade away and now we're in like i don't know we're in like let's work out zen happy mode and i was i was aware enough and i was in a good enough space i was healthy enough in that moment to be able to keep myself pulled back so that grant could have fun grant could work out we could laugh and giggle together and we could honestly like just start to heal some of those past traumas right because it's like how I mentioned uh, a few podcasts back, like uh, yeah, I lost a soldier in Iraq's uh, specialist Gonzalez Gonzo is what we called him. And it, and it, it's something that I've worked through the emotions of, so I can talk about it. And then two couples retreats ago, it hit me like a ton of bricks and I didn't realize what it was. It was the fact that Gonzo's only goal in life was to go to college. He came to the military so he could pay for college. And my daughter is starting to talk about college. And those two worlds collided. So that unseen element crashed back in. Grant working out with me Wednesday morning crashed back in 
because he still had all those emotions. He still had all that fear, that anxiety, that I want to do this and make daddy proud. And the tears were there. And when I saw the tears, I was, I was in a healthy enough place that I was able to pull back and I was able to be like, okay, I see you. I love you. I know what I'm really upset about is myself. And we like, we can do this. We've got this right. Fast forward to Thursday. I don't wake anyone up Thursday morning and I, I did work out Thursday. Uh, and then Grant gets home. Like we did our, our, sorry, Wednesday, today's Thursday. Oh Lord. Wednesday, yesterday. And, uh, and Grant's like, daddy, I want to do, I want to work out some. And, and he invites me to the garage to go work out with him. And so we continue that like healthy cycle of having that space where him and I could joke and we can work out and really like healing those memories and those emotions that have been stuffed now for him probably feels like his whole life, even though it was two years ago, right? He's nine, he was seven. And for me, as one of those goals I've said before, which is what, like, what is my legacy? My legacy is I don't want to pass my burdens onto my kids and my family. I don't want to leave my burdens on any other human being. Like, I don't care what my tombstone says. I really don't. I just want my legacy to be like, I, I took on my journey. I healed my wounds, my trauma, and I didn't pass it off to the people I love and others. It really resonated with me um, of how, you, you know, years ago you thought you were doing some work, but you really weren't. And you, all those feelings you had and you, I bet your son went into that moment from years before with you, how you yeah. used to be with your son. And you went into that moment too. He came to me and was like, hey, daddy, I want to work out again. And so he invited me back into the garage and it, that meant the world to me, right? to go from uh, my son looking at me, right? Like I've said before, like I came from a place where I felt like I was the dark cloud in the storm. So my, for my son to go from a place of almost like fear uh, and anxiety, which are things that I feel like I've passed off my anxiety that I've been trying to work through and heal that, right? So like, if you think about all the work we do at like ORW Foundation and the retreats, right? Like doing the accelerated resolution therapy, working with the alpha stem, which I love this thing. If you're a veteran and you don't have an alpha stem and you're like, Hey, I just want to try it. Cool. Come to our retreat. Just there. I'm going to say it like reach down there, hit like subscribe, go to our website, sign up, come to our retreat because I got mine through the VA for free. It's like a $1,400 machine. I use yeah. it. My daughter uses it uh, for her anxieties. My wife uses it. Like we all use it. Right. And just like having gone through the accelerated, uh, accelerated resolution therapy at the retreats. And then Kelly and I also, before we started teaching couples therapy, we went through the couples retreat and then into mm -hmm. couples therapy. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the big piece. I want to give the, the shout out to you for my, like one of my big self-awareness switches. Right. So, uh, Barry, Dr. Barry, who's, been with ORW Foundation now for like six or seven years. And before that, he worked uh, at Fort Bragg, now Camp Liberty. He worked with a lot of the different special ops communities. And, um, you know, he really like, he really gave Kelly and I like a lot of challenges, which is cool. Um, mm. Because I've mentioned like, we're both, you know, we're, we're competitive people um, in, in, in slightly different ways. And, um, 
And one of those challenges was for me to go back and just allow my kids to start asking me questions. And I mentioned how my daughter asked, why is daddy yes. always, always mad, right? Mm-hmm. And so as I kind Which of- Which is such the, a common theme with the oh, veteran community oh, and yeah, our it is. kiddos. Yeah, it is. And just to start to work through like like questions, right? It's like, okay, well, why don't my kids want to hang out with me? Why don't my kids want to do activities with me? Mm. You know, circa- three, three years ago, two years ago, even before that, it's like, why, why is my wife making jokes about when are you going to deploy again? Or when are you going to go away for work again? Well, those all have foundations in something that's actually going on in in hurt in hurt and pain. Yeah. 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 And so starting to like go through that series of like questions and that self-awareness element and getting to a place where I can be like, okay, I'm not actually mad at my son. I'm actually like really upset at myself, right? Like I see myself as a failure in this moment. Um, I'll tell you another cool one that we got. uh, And I say we, the family got from the family retreat through ORW foundation. So at the family retreat, you go through this program called brain gym. And, um, oh yeah. And you do, you do brain mapping, right? So brain mapping hemispheres yes yes right yeah and i'm not voguing here i promise i'm like you're crossing good. no you you i thought we were about to do like the robot <laughs> or something or i don't anyways and I, it does some of the exercises feel like that you're like you know yeah when you're like drawing like the infinity sign and you're like <laughs> yeah oh, man this could go on forever sorry bad joke <laughs> and uh so so we do, we, we did the brain mapping, right? So we're there. This is the, 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 the family's retreat was the first time ORW foundation family retreat was the first time that for us was not this past summer, a year ago, summer at the beginning of summer. First time our family had jumped into family counseling. It had gone my, it started with my journey. Kelly started mm-hmm. her own individual journey. You know, I mentioned that she got to do that Brene Brown program through uh, JSOC joint special operations command. And then we jumped into couples retreat through RW Foundation, couples therapy, working with one of the clinicians, um, and then to the family retreat, right? So brain gym. So we learned about their senses during fight, flight, freeze, and now apparently it's fight, flight, freeze, or dode. And I'm glad I know all four of those because my daughter's a oh, doter. Oh, that's yeah, daughter, new to me. It is. My daughter's a doter. Like, she wants to come up, give you a hug, like pet you be like oh, oh it's like, gonna be okay don't, right like dude don't yeah like all okay yeah um and she loves to do that to my son and i look at her every time and i'm like that is not how you like handle a boy who's upset oh it's and fun so, fight uh, flight freeze freeze fawn. and fawn thank you fawn 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 i'm gonna stick with they're dude. keeping with that they're keeping with the f theme but that's doting Whatever. fawning like yeah, sa- yeah, yeah. Uh, same concept i get yeah. i got what you were saying up to the fourth i got it <laughs> it says immediately acting to try to please to avoid any yes. conflict mm-hmm. yes so anyways what i learned is during f to the fourth right for conflict resolution and your senses from the family retreat and brain the brain gym exercise is my both my wife and my daughter lose verbal lose verbal. And this is like such a mega epiphany to me. 
because I'm that weird kid who during conflict resolution, so you think like combat is like my for example, high tension, high threat scenarios, I lose nothing. And that's apparently like not normal. You just keep going. I just keep going. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, cool. Something just blew up over there. All right. I'm, we're on the mic. We're talking. Are we, are we, are we okay? Like, okay. Keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can't tell you the number of times because I don't know the number of times. But what I can tell you is I used to think my brain, because we process information until we've learned how we like tend to receive or give information, right? So high trauma, I got all five senses. Mm -hmm. I'm still operating on normal. So I would get angry at my daughter, Lila. She loses verbal because it's a high, a high uh, conflict situation. And I would go ballistic. And I would say things like, I don't understand why you're being so disrespectful. I'm sure there were some expl explicatives in there. I know there were. There was like knife hand going. Like, I'm like, mm -hmm. raw anger monster. Like, I don't understand why you're so disrespectful that you won't tell me, like, what you think. Or you won't explain to me what happened or whatever, 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 right? Like, insert your own version of it. But Fast she forward. literally couldn't. Yeah, she, she couldn't. She could not. She mm -hmm. couldn't say anything. Fast forward, we go to the family retreat. We do the brain gym. And the clinicians there for ORW Foundation, they're like, well, your wife and daughter can't speak when it's a high conflict situation. And I'm like, I'm an asshole. I hope I can say that. I apologize. Because that's exactly was my first thought. Because I was looking at them thinking they could process and handle information the same what way I could in What they should be doing. In yes. your mind, what they should be doing. Yes. And thinking they're just not talking because they're upset. And so they're like, I'm like getting the silent treatment. And you're right? trying to like push it out of them thinking this is going to work because you need to be doing this. Right. But it was exactly right. that it wasn't what they needed or their capabilities. Cause we, it's so hard for us to look through the lens of the other yes. person. Yes. So fast mm -hmm. forward to, I'm going to take one piece from the spouse's retreat. I'm going to take one piece from the couple's retreat. Spouse's retreat, the spouses learn, and I haven't been through one yet. Um, they learn a lot about boundaries. And I know this because Kelly was a team leader for spouses retreats uh, for a while. And they learned a lot about boundaries. And like you said in one of our podcasts, we have to say what we want or need. You have to verbalize these boundaries. Mm -hmm. so, then, so then bring the idea of boundaries into couples. When conflict happens, if you don't already have a tool in place, an agreement, okay, conflict just happened, now what? Well, if it's me, I want to talk it out. I want to dig in. I want to solve it. If it's Kelly, she can't say anything. She needs a she minute. Needs to, she needs mm -hmm. to step away and be able to process. Okay, so what's the boundary? What have we agreed to? What we've agreed to is we've agreed that, okay, we have X amount of time for a timeout, and that's important for me because I've already said I'm a words of affirmation kid. I need to know, okay, we're going to take a break. How long? Right. And then if Kelly needs more time, she just sends me a text. Hey, I need a little bit longer. I'm still processing. What I, what I need from Kelly though, is I need to understand. I need words and she can't verbalize. So what does she do? She, she makes a note on her, on her cell phone. She goes into her phone and she writes a note. That way, when we get back together, she hands me her phone. I read her note. 
And now I know her perspective and her thoughts and where she's coming from during that moment of conflict. And then my responsibility is to show up with the same. So Kelly understands my perspective, my thoughts, and where I'm coming from in that conflict moment. And um, yeah, and it's just, it's cool. Like, as you kind of like come through individuals to couples to family, all these retreats with ORW Foundation, right? Which you can sign up for by going down there, hit like and subscribe, and then go to our website. Just how, like how they all like start to compound together and how they all start to like, like I, like I can see now I understand if my daughter's not talking to me and I'm mad, yes. I don't just keep yelling at her. Right? I love that, that unseen element. And it's so awesome when we start seeing those unseen things because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it's a powerful thing. I mean, I, that's why I'm such a huge fan of, of mental health, the many different therapeutic approaches that are out there and how we yeah. know that we learn from Mr. Panettiere, our sleep expert, our board member, yeah. that, you know, there is nothing out there that's a hundred percent working for everyone. And that's why right. it's so powerful how our retreats give us so many options yeah. to see what works so that we can start to understand. We can For start sure. to see. Because, man, once we start seeing and once we start doing that work, it's such a beautiful moment that we heard with you and your son. Like, yeah, I mean, with it's, his it's, lip quiver, and powerful. I could feel it. I could, like, feel that yeah. moment with his lip quiver and what he was must have been thinking and yeah. feeling. and And then it shifted. And so now it's almost like, not that at all it was an ART session, but the magic of ART, how it re-images. Yeah. Because yeah. before those images were hit, you yelling and berating. And yeah. and now maybe that's a new core memory of he won't remember it that way. He'll remember right. you. Your legacy now shifts to yeah. being more understanding and validating. Yeah, I love that. Thanks love to that. therapy. Shout out therapy. What? I mean, jeez. Okay, I'm curious though. I'm curious. Like I, I got it. I've been in like the hot seat, and uh, but and I don't want to say but. And one of our clinicians taught me that if you say but, it takes away everything before it. If you say and, it adds too, right? And like I'm curious because you brought out like such a great aha that last podcast and pulling it forward to this podcast that we have to say what we need or want. We have to verbalize. Mm -hmm. Have you and your husband, have you two defined some of those boundaries? Have you verbalized some of those things? Like, how does that, how does that work with you guys? Okay. So, and this is, we actually just celebrated our nine year anniversary on Tuesday. So shout out to my husband for putting up with yeah. me for nine years. Uh, I know it's exciting nice. stuff. It's crazy how fast time flies, but yeah, hold on, hold on a second though. Bo, you're a lucky man. All right, go <laughs> yeah. ahead, go. It's taken years of work to okay. want to work towards, you know, a, a positive marriage, and it's still always right. a work in progress. But something that one of our biggest things, a conflict in our everyday marriage, is the division of labor. Because he, do, we both come from very traditional households. Our moms were working, but our moms did grow up in the era of women do this and men do very yeah. little. <laughs> Let's just be, you know, yeah. men men get to live the life, you know? I saw yeah. this thing the other day on Thanksgiving of, like, it was a meme. Dude Dad, I don't know if you watch Dude Dad, but mm -hmm. they're so funny. And he was like, the women are always in the kitchen and trying to figure yeah. out things, all the meals and the oven schedule. And the dads are just like, 
out getting the grill ready or the smoker ready or whatever, and they're just like, mm-hmm. It sounds a lot and the like, women are uh, like <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like this episode of uh, National Geographic's I watched on lions. Because uh, <laughs> the middle, the middle lion just literally lays there, yeah. And the females go do all the hunting and oh, killing, work. and then when the when the meal's there, the male lion's finally like, oh, I guess I'm gonna get up and go eat. Right, right, and the male lion does a couple other things, you know. That, anyways, that, in in opportune times, like come on, timing here. I know where you're going there with that. Exactly, it doesn't change. It doesn't change from the animal world it. to the human world. Yeah, but so that was a big thing, and um, I am a little bit of a traditionalist, but I'm also a feminist. So there's this like fine line of, you know, it's not that I need help; it's that I want you to do your part. And so, but I also have to realize that he can't read my mind and, you know, and he has his own issues too with traumatic brain injuries and his own trauma and his own, his own jam, just like me. And so I had to take myself out of the me box and put myself in a couple team box and realize that if I want an end result, then I have to take me out of it. And bring him into it, if that makes sense. That he can't read my mind. So now, and it's not me asking for help, but it's just kind of being a little bit of a coach because I do kind of manage our household. Yes. And that's probably a controlling thing that I have because I do self-admittedly like things to be, you know, certain ways. And Yeah, you have to have, though, you have to have, like, you have to have leadership, right? Like, we, we have to, you have to have structure, Structure so, a little bit because things yeah. have to be organized. Someone has to maintain it. And so what I've done is brought in tools to help with that. So like we have a calendar up in the house, you know, nice. so that it's not just him relying on asking me what's going on. He can very easily look at the calendar. Now, do I update the calendar? Yes, but it's nice. a team effort there. So that's one thing. And then also a big thing. I make dinner just because I love to cook. It's like my outlet. Love and it. but so there's constant dishes. And so there's always, you know, the dishwasher's full or needs, so it needs emptying before I can load it. So now instead of saying, and it's also like a a mind flip for me, instead of saying, hey, can you help me? It's, you need to do this so that I can do this. And so it's like a fair team thing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, the dishwasher's full and I need to load it. If you unload it, I can get in there. So yeah. that way, instead of just being like, doesn't he see that the dishwasher is full and blah, blah, blah. No. No, no they don't. No, no. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to let a secret out. And uh, I know all the men in the world are going to hate me after I let the secret out. But it's okay. I feel this like. It sounds like it's going to work out great for me. So I'm into it. Yeah. And in, the, and in the spirit of this moment, I think it's important to say, right? We're men. Yeah. And, uh. You just got to tell us because mm-hmm. no matter how much you wish or want us to like magically Mm-mm. notice or go do these things. And here's why I'm going to explain the why men's brains work like shoe boxes, right? You have I was your just Nikes, your Toms. You gotta... Yeah. And one of the boxes us men have is called the nothing box. And <laughs> I understand that this baffles all women So I'm going to explain it. In the nothing box is nothing. And so a man can literally sit back like this, stare off into space, 
and think about absolutely nothing mm -hmm. because our brains are compartmentalized. My wife's brain, most ladies' brains, are like a ball of yarn. Mm -hmm. All the memories, all the emotions, a all the stress. A lot of stuff going on. All the, all everything is connected. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, which side of the ball did I just catch, you know? And I love all spouses out there. I love you all. You're all doing great things. However, there's good odds that your spouse, take for example me, I'm sitting in my nothing box. So I have no idea what's going on because I'm right. thinking about nothing. However, if Kelly looks at me and says, and, and I actually cook in our marriage. Kelly hates to cook. I love to cook. Uh, my mom was the, the, the cook. She was the oldest female of five in her family growing up. She cooked. I fell in love with cooking, helping her. Uh, and then Kelly is like our dish doer. And now our kids are starting to come into dish doing. So, however, though, like, you know, Kelly will still say like, hey, what are you cooking for dinner tonight? Right? Like, she doesn't necessarily say like, hey, get off the couch, get out of your nothing box and go cook. Right? She'll say it much nicer. Right? She'll be like, hey, what are you cooking tonight? And typically my answer is, I have no idea. Because I'm a green. <laughs> I usually have no idea. So I go, I open up the fridge in the, in the refrigerator and I take a look and I'm like, well, you know, I think if I take this and throw this here and put this with this, I can make something. Same. I'm yeah. that same style. I yeah. love it. Because you yeah. kind of never know. It's, I'm the same way when I give a presentation. Yeah. I'm always like, I wonder what I'm going to say today. Yes. <laughs> yes. How is this going to turn out? Yes. <laughs> Let's go on this journey together. <laughs> so if you are in a a friendship, a relationship, a anything ship with a dude, check it out. It's real simple. You have to say what you need or want. Yes. You have mm. to, whether mm. it's a boundary, whether it's that whole love and respect circle that we were talking about, right? Whether and it's, it's what we want. And we just want the other person yes. to know us, to know us yes. and to get us. But we have to, yes. we have to help a little. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and as, as fellas, we don't take offense. Like we're not upset or angry. However, what I will say is, I have heard this comment many times in my marriage, which is, I just wish you knew. And I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> and we've been together. We've been together now. Let me, I got to do some quick math. Uh, almost 23 years between dating and marriage. And I still don't know. I still don't know, which is why. It don't I, work. Like, it, my parents just had their 50th anniversary and they still yeah. don't know. I which mean. Is why, which is why what you said is so beautiful. It's. You have to say what you want. You have to put those boundaries in there. You, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to like talk it out, right? What's the agreement? Where are we at? It's like, if I could go back to the dating world, which I have no desire to do. So I'm just going to say for my kids, when they start dating, like, and I'm talking serious dating, not like, mm -hmm. you know, just start dating, you know, question number one, when they're like, Hey, I think I love this person and I want to marry him. Cool. What is that person's favorite? and least favorite chores to do in life. What are your Ooh. favorite and least favorite chores? Take that list and compare. If yep. you both hate all the same chores and you both love all the same chores, oh. You're gonna have to figure that out. Oh, You're gonna have yeah. to draw some straws there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here's <laughs> a fun such one. such a good point. Yeah, here's a fun one. My wife loves to mow the grass, loves it. 
I hate it. I don't know why. I just don't like doing it. Probably because mm -hmm. I had to do it as a boy growing up with two older sisters. My dad was like, out there, lawnmower, go. And You're like, the boy. Boys do okay. this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. And my wife loves it. I'm going to give you a fun Kelly story real quick. So my wife was pregnant with Lila, nine months pregnant, right? Like there's no hiding it. I was at work with the military. No idea what's going on back at the house. I come home. I'm pulling into the neighborhood where we lived at the time. And there's like four of my male neighbors standing on the, on the curb, chatting and waiting for me. And I'm like, what did I do? And I get out of my car and they all like get, they, I get swarmed, right? Like think like basic training drill sergeant style. They're like, Hey, wow. bro. they're like, your wife's nine months pregnant. Why the hell would you make her mow the grass? And I was like, wait a minute. Let's, I was like, time out. I was like, I have no idea what just happened. They're like, yeah, we don't either. Why are you making your nine month pregnant wife mow the grass? And I'm like, she did what? And they're like, you didn't know? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. Come to find out, uh, our uh, one of our neighbors, the wife was a, uh, she was a, a pediatrician and she was in her NICU, which is the intensive care for babies. And Kelly was just straight up tired of being pregnant. She was just straight up tired said, of being you pregnant. you need to walk it out. And her friend told her, she said, well. You need to get out there. Ways you can induce labor. And she threw out the idea of mowing the grass because she was like, well, name some things you like to do outside. And Kelly was like, well, I like to mow the grass. I like to go for a walk. She's like, perfect. She goes, go mow the grass. We had a push mower. Go mow the grass. So I get home. I get swarmed by my neighbors. I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. And then I get inside. I'm like, hey, I heard you cut the grass. She was like, yeah. And I think I'm starting to have contractions. And I was like, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> right? Like, I think it's cool though that you and Bo have gotten to a place where, and like you said, like, I think it's cool that you're kind of taking on this leadership role and kind of, or, let's say it like organizing life and what's going on. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's so huge and so helpful. And so, well, and um, it's also knowing our spouses. He spent many yeah. years in a leadership role. You know, he was an infantry officer and okay. And now like, he has a lot on his plate with his work and my work is more flexible because yeah. I, he loves what he do, what he does, but he's not doing what he's passionate about, you know? So Got his it. job feels like a job where yeah. my job is, doesn't always feel like a job. So I have right. more, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, it's probably a little easier. So I'm able to take what I'm able to do for us as a couple for him right. as a spouse to support him and, you know, be in charge of a little more. And, and a big part of it too, is not resenting that. Cause sometimes I do yeah. resent that. And, um, and that's that unseen part yeah. that I need to remember why I get to support him in the ways, you know, for right. what his needs are. And I'm curious. So, uh, cause I see this in my marriage, right? So like, like, Oh, I thought you were going to ask because he was an officer and you know, I'm enlisted, but well, <laughs> well, no, I, that's, that's all, that's a whole separate conversation. You know, I'm just going to air on five you and I'm going to say great job, Ashley. And we're going to leave it at that. Right. Okay. Good. Um, cause I'm sure you two never dated. You just got married one day after yeah. the military. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah. Perfect. All right. What I was going to ask though is. 
does that does that leadership role ever shift right so like what i see a lot of times is kelly even though kelly works and i'm the stay-at-home dad who's like i'm executing a lot of things she's really in the leadership role for our marriage that shifts when it's time to like plan something out of the routine we're going to plan a vacation we're going to plan a getaway we're going to and then that role shifts because I like to go do the research. I like to like read all the consumer reports, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. That's my green brain firing up. Um, do, do you see that same kind of like shift in roles at all or no? It definitely shifts when we need realistic because I'm so like, wow, let's just go for it and spend all our money and who cares? Where like yeah. he's like, no, we need a pl-. so like whenever we're talking about planning, you know, our taxes, the real hard retirement stuff, or even like organizing, you know, the house, like not decorating, but he's very like engineer minded and very numbers oriented where I'm not. Okay. So when we really need some like hard facts and someone to plan and think about stuff, he's the one who steps in. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And I think that's a good and healthy sign too. Like that's a conversation we have at the couples retreat with ORW foundation is, you know, how, how do those roles kind of shift back and forth? Because one of the things we talk about, it's a team, it is a a partnership. And one of the things we talk about at individuals that carries forward into couples is our strengths. Right. And then the way I like to phrase it is a strength overutilized is a blind spot. And what does it take for you to be able to see something in your blind spot? It takes you asking a question and it takes someone else giving you awareness. Mm-hmm. So we have our strengths and then we have our strengths to realize that blind spot. And so it's cool. Like, like you already know, like where your strengths are and you already know where you have a blind spot. And so you shift that leadership role in those moments. And well, I think we try. Cool. You know, we try. Yeah. It's it's all a work in progress. But I really yeah. rely on a lot of like marriage quotes. You know, I okay. fully believe in the eighty twenty rule. Uh, okay. That you know you should never really be a hundred percent satisfied in a relationship because we all know complacency kills. You know, and yes. Um, yes. So I believe the sign of a good marriage that gets me through. Cause there are those 20% days, you know, even those 10% days where I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. what gets me through is that 80%. And that's what you have to say. You can't ha- expect a, per- a perfect relationship and yeah. you got to fight for it also, you know, yeah. and I, so, but then also my other favorite thing, and I think this is from Billy Graham, but he said, if there's uh, two people in a relationship and they're always agreeing on everything and always happy, then one of you isn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say Kelly's version of what you just said before that last nugget, she calls it the, uh, the, the stop talking uh, moments and days. And she'll look Mm. at me and she'll go, all right, we're just both going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. She, those, she was ready to go over that under that 20% there. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I guess I'm going to say on that note about Stop Talking is uh, thank you all for joining us on the Unseen Journey. I'm your host, Guy, with my co-host, as always, Ashley. And if you haven't done so yet, reach down there, hit the like and subscribe, because we need you. If you're a veteran, come on down. If you're a spouse, come on down. Go to the website. Sign up. I promise, promise, promise. 
you will either bring something that will help someone learn and change their life, or you will come and learn something that will help shape and change your life. And I know it from experience. Ashley knows it from experience. So on behalf of the Unseen Journey, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. We'll see you next time. ORW Foundation. As always, thanks for sponsoring us. And yeah, we'll see you again. Take care, y'all. Thank you. We appreciate you tuning in to the Unseen Journey. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you're a veteran or a supporter of veterans, please think about contributing to ORWF at ORWFoundation.org to help veterans in their transition. We also extend an invitation to veterans to explore our retreat opportunities where they can connect with peers and embark on a healing journey. For additional resources, visit our website at ORWFoundation.org. Our heartfelt thanks to Operation Red Wings Foundation for making this podcast possible. Together, we can make the unseen journey a little easier for our veterans. Until next time, take care.